Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into John Wick, Chapter 2, in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, Initial reactions for John Wick Chapter 2. Well, okay, let's let's not get into it immediately. Let's let me go let me go back and uh, sort of set the stage for like where I'm coming from entering this film. So I went and saw the first John Wick in the theaters when it came out three years ago, sort of three years ago, and. I was pretty surprised by just how good it was. You know, at at that time, I kind of, I hung a lot of uh, credit on Rotten Tomatoes, and John Wick had a very high Rotten Tomatoes score. It still does. I think it's in about 80, about 80, low 80s, I think, mid, mid to low 80s, uh, which is great. And I've always liked Keanu Reeves. I'm not like a huge Keanu Reeves fan. Like even at that time, you know, I'd never seen Bill and Ted. Uh, there, I mean, there's still quite a few Keanu Reeves movies that I have not seen at this point, but I, I liked him. I, I didn't think that he was the worst actor in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm very positive on the matrix. So, you know, I didn't really know anything about the movie. I didn't watch any trailers. I wasn't really aware of it at the time. So we went, me and my, my roommate, what was 2014? So, yeah, so it was me and my roommate. We went to the movie, and it just came out of nowhere. And after years and years and years of just watching shaky cam, constant cutting, uh, high-octane but unintelligible action, John Wick was a huge breath of fresh air. It's brilliant. The set pieces were fantastic. You know, simply simply showing him having to take the time to reload the gun made my knees go weak. I just I I couldn't comprehend a film doing that. You know, in in a world where no one ever says goodbye before they hang up the phone. And you never, like, see people stop to go to the bathroom. You never see this, that, the other thing. Uh, To see them actually choreograph the action so that he would have the chance to reload his gun and, in some cases, use that to his advantage is uh, brilliant. I I I loved it so much. And uh, the simple revenge plot worked really well. But for me... What I liked more than the action itself, which was quite a bit, was the world building. And in the first John Wick, it's very subtle. It's not blatant. It doesn't beat you over the head with it. You see some coins. You know, you've got, there's like a rule here and there. There's this secret assassin society. But you really don't have any idea what it really is. There's, there's a lot more going on here far beneath the surface and you can't really you can't be expected to extrapolate a lot from what you're given 
And for a film like this to really hone in on that kind of a mythos in such a subtle and backburnery type of way, I found, you know, I was very, that was very compelling for me. And so, you know, I, you know, my, my roommate and I at the time, you know, immediately after the movie, we're talking about like the, the world and like wanting to know more about it and looking up information like, oh, they're going to make a sequel. Oh, there's in talks to make a TV show. You know, oh, would Keanu Reeves ever be on a TV show? I don't know, would he? And so ultimately, you know, we, we, we find out, you know, chapter two is coming and I couldn't be more excited. I was so excited for John Wick chapter two and I didn't watch any of the trailers. I didn't really know the plot. Uh, you know, all I basically knew was coming from the first film, he got revenge for his dog, but he didn't get his car back. That's kind of where we were at. Uh, and again, you know, there won't be any spoilers unless I decide to have a spoiler section and you'll be well aware if that's the case. But so, you know, I wasn't really sure what direction the movie was going to take. And so, you know, the opening scene, very, a lot of action, uh, revolves around getting the car back. I'm in, I like it. I, it's good. Uh, you know, you've got Peter Stormare doing his best Michael Nyquist impression, uh, and, uh, you know, you hear the pencil story, but like, it's, it's, it's a little bit twisted. It's a little different than it was before. And I, I thought that was brilliant. Um, and, and then just the kind of casual classy way that, uh, Wick addresses Peter Stormare's character and, and they exchange pleasantries. They dr drink together after he just like slaughtered all of his people, uh, you know, I love that sort of sort of thing. You know, it's so far fetched, and yet they make it work in the context of these movies. And so, within the first 10, 15 minutes, he's got the car, sort of. It's going to take a while to be fixed. And then, I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, we end up spending a good chunk of time, actually quite a bit of time. Uh, setting the stage for the second half of the movie. And the way that they do this, I think, is perfect. I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people, you know, I've listened to some people talking about the film already. I've heard some reviews. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of harp on the fact that this film isn't as emotionally driven. Because, you know, it's not really a revenge movie anymore. It's sort of... You know, John Wick is a lot less emotional, a lot less uh, fired up. And I, I understand that criticism. You know, definitely if what you wanted was more of the first movie. I mean, you get the first movie, but it's, a, it's twisted into a different direction. It's not exactly the same, and it shouldn't be. You know, like, I don't want all, you know, I don't want 10 John Wick movies where they're all just John Wick trying to kill the mob after they killed his dog. You know, I don't want that to be the case every single time. I need it to be different and changed and updated. And so in this movie, we take an, a big pause from, from a lot of action and 
we learn in the first movie, there's this kind of throwaway scene where Nyquist is saying that, you know, Wick got out of the assassin game because Nyquist gave him an impossible task and somehow he made, he did it. Somehow, whatever that thing was, he accomplished it. We find out in chapter two that the only way, that the reason he was able to accomplish this task is because he took a marker. And a marker is basically a blood oath. And the guy who he did it with is calling for him to pay him back. And John Wick's like, no, I'm out. He's like, well, that's against the rules, so I'm going to kill you. And so that's kind of where we start. And the movie takes its twists and turns from there. But what I found so interesting, and, and what really excited me in this movie is, it's a lot less of John Wick constantly on the run, constantly having to outmaneuver and outthink his his enemies without a lot of time to really set things up. It's a lot of emotion. There's heated fights. And at the end of the day, it's about uh, his determination and his focus on this result, this one thing. In chapter two, it's not quite like that. He has plenty of time to plan. He is very unemotional about this thing. He doesn't want to be doing what he's doing at all. And he's kind of being forced to do it. And I think some, maybe a lot of people are mistaking that approach for less, for, for, for the, as the movie being less involved in the character, less involved in what's taking place and going on. And in my opinion, what I interpret that to be is that's just like everyone isn't always hyper emotional. It does, it's just not the case, you know. People get depressed. People are morose or melancholy or just lethargic. You know, people just have periods of time where they're not incredibly excited and their blood isn't pumping at, you know, whatever a really high blood pressure is. And so that's what I like that a lot about this movie is, you know, it's not John Wick scrambling and, you know, trying and, and doing whatever he can in the given situation to come out on top. It's, no, he, like, the my favorite scene, well, the favorite, my the best set piece in the movie for me is the catacombs, uh, you know, because he sets up every single thing. And it may, sometimes it feels like a video game, and it kind of is, and sometimes it feels too easy, and it is, but that just shows you how damn good he is. He is so fucking good that you completely believe he was the best of the best when he was still active. You know, that's what this showed me. Like, I get that in the first movie, we found out, yeah, he's really fucking good with a gun. He knows how to fight. He knows how to kill people. He can do it with ease, pinpoint precision. I'm, I'm in. I understand. But presumably, his his missions or whatever the hell he did while he was an assassin before the first movie takes place, none of them were like this. He wasn't on revenge for someone who killed his dog and before this. And in the second movie, we see 
how it goes. We see him acquiring the gadgets and acquiring the weapons and acquiring the, the suit and all these things that he needs for the for his his attack, for his uh, shot, to get his shot. And he sets it up perfectly. He predicts the outcome. He predicts the turns and the twists and the unsuspecting things that are going to happen. And it plays out just like he thought it would because he just knows. He's been doing this for so long and he's so good at it. He knows exactly how everything's going to play out and it does as he as he does it which i thought was brilliant i thought it was beautiful you know it's not in your face in the setup it's just very much you know i'm gonna leave this here i'm gonna leave this here i'm gonna leave this here i'm gonna get that later i'm gonna need to be here when i get this i'm gonna need to here when i get this perfect got it yet yeah, all set up yep here we go here we go here we go and boom start get to point a done get to point b done get to point c done get to point d done out and you know it's not perfect you know it's not like he doesn't get shot it's not like he doesn't get hurt or hit by anyone but it roughly goes exactly how he's expecting it to and i thought that i thought i thought that was just awesome i love that so much as far as amping up the action amping up uh the choreography of the action uh, there was one big, well, big is is an under is not really how you describe it. There's one small scene that was a huge, huge difference from any other action scene I'd ever seen. You'll know it when you see it. It's fucking insane. It's between John Wick and Common, and there are people around them, and. I think it's one of the most exciting adrenaline pumping things that happens that's ever happened in a movie that's ever had a gun in it. And I I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. It, it I, I just I thought it was so so cool. I thought it was so cool. Uh, you know, I thought that one moment was m- better than any single moment from the first movie. And I think while the first movie's action as a whole was probably better than the second one, that the peaks were much higher in the second movie for me. So those are my initial reactions. I I really enjoyed the film. I love the film. I think it's better than the first one. Uh, Not by a ton, but by a significant chunk of separation. You know, enough to like be able to differentiate them pretty pretty easily for me anyway i i think the action is not necessarily better but different the pacing of the movie is different the overall aesthetic is kind of the same but what really changed is while the first movie was an action movie that focused on action with a little bit of world building in the background. The second movie is an action movie that focused on world building with a little bit of action in the background. So the kind of I guess the way I would surmise it is in the first movie the world building came across the screen as the action dictated. 
And in the second movie, the action came across the scene as the world building dictated. And for me, that's what I was hoping this movie would be. We got a taste of the world building in the first one. I wanted to really dive in and see what's in the underbelly of this this universe, this this the the continental and all the things attached to it, and how does it work, and why does it work, and who's part of it, and who's running it, and there's still so many questions. You know, we answered a lot of questions, but we opened up a whole new can of worms uh, just with the the guy who's trying to blackmail Wick into doing his dirty work for him. And I cannot wait for a third movie. The setup for a sequel to this movie is perfect. Uh, you know, I love Ian McShane in these movies. I think he does a great job. And I just, I'm excited. I can't wait. I want it now. The story. Uh, can't really say too much about the story. He gets his car back first in like the first scene. And then he's forced to go. This guy is asking him to like honor the marker, go and kill some other person for him. John Wick's like, okay. He doesn't, I mean, at first he's like, no. But then he's finally, he's like, well, I have to. Because again, the guy puts out a hit on John Wick. So at the end of the day, what we're left with is kind of, He's a pawn, in a sense. You know, he's like, you know, there's this other person pulling the string saying, all right, John Wick, you're do, you're going up here to do this while I have all these people do this and you're just a piece. You're just a cog in the machine. And for a while, it does feel that way. You know, when he's actually undertaking the task, he's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so has me do this. This is why I'm here. I'm going to kill you. And then... As soon as he has this like small confrontation with Common, which is a brilliant exchange of dialogue for this movie. In another movie, it would be absolutely shitty. But in this movie, it works out so well. And what ends up happening is that as soon as that moment hits, everything changes. Everything elevates. Everything escalates. And the dynamics, the power dynamics between the characters is shifting wildly from this point on and so there's a lot more of a story here because it's not just you killed my dog i kill you and it's not perfectly written you know these movies aren't known for being like great screenplays i don't think that they are but i think that for what they are they work in this movie and that's a huge credit to the director for being able to like, put all these pieces together in a way that actually makes sense. You know, He's taking all these different puzzle pieces from different puzzles and finding a way for them to fit together seamlessly. Uh, yeah, and so the story of this movie leads directly into, presumably, the sequel. And I think that is the biggest testament to a good story is that it leads from it wraps up this story the story of chapter two well it sets up chapter three organically and it just it it just vibrates and works on a level that is very 
obvious and very straightforward, and that's kind of all you need. The characters, John Wick is back, he's just a little less angry than he was before, but no less badass, no less amazing, no less a good shot. Here we get to see him more at ease, more controlled and subdued than in the first movie, uh, which I like. I like seeing him a little bit differently in, in a different light. We also have, you know, so pretty much the rest of the cast, you know, you've got John Leguizamo for like two scenes, Ian McShane's in a few scenes, I like Ian McShane, he, he does a good job as like the runt owner of the New York Continental. Uh, we've got Common, who works for uh, the mark that John Wick has to kill, and I generally hate Common as an actor in movies. But he's actually quite competent and really exciting in this. I, I was really, from the moment, from the confrontation scene that he has with Wick about halfway through the movie to the end, I loved everything that Common, every scene Common was in. I thought he did a great job in this. Uh, probably because he doesn't really have to act that much. He just has to shoot guns. There's the bad guy, uh, played by, oh shoot. I'm going to find it. John Wick. Played by Ricardo Scamarchio. And he's fine. Uh, he's not... He might be the weakest link in the movie. As far as acting goes. But I, I think he does a satisfactory job. He makes you hate him. He's a little weaselly, wormy guy. Uh, but he's not doing anything terribly significant. He's not bringing anything big to the table. You got Lawrence Fishburne reuniting with Keanu Reeves after like 18 or so years. Fishburne's good. I, I like his character, but I, I think he's kind of just in there to be in there. I think you could have done that. I think the movie would have been better off without Fishburne's side plot. I don't think it really adds anything except create more questions about the world they're inhabiting. Lance Reddick returns as the desk clerk. Thomas Sadowski returns as the cop from the first movie. Uh, Peter Stormare, I loved Peter Stormare. Uh, Peter Serafinowitz, who plays the sommelier, I thought he had a great role and he does a great job actually like fitting into the kind of world that John Wick inhabits. I, I, he does a great job of that. And uh, Ruby Rose. This is the third film from this year that's come out in theaters in the United States that Ruby Rose has been in. It's mid-February, which is crazy, you know, and I've seen all three of them. Triple X, Resident Evil, John Wick 2. Uh, and she's scheduled to be in Pitch Perfect 3 later this year. So that's four movies this year. For someone who's like just started it to be in acting. You know, kind of broke out with Orange is the New Black. In this, she plays a deaf character. Who's never explicitly said is deaf. Who we don't realize is deaf until... She uses sign language. And I thought 
that was great. I loved that. I loved her character. You know, she's kind of like the secondary bad in the movie. And I really loved her presence. I thought she had a great kind of physicality to her presence in this. And she, she has in, in Resident Evil and Triple X as well. Uh, I mean, no one's going to match Keanu Reeves in, in physicality, particularly in these movies. But I think she does a great job kind of foiling, playing his foil. So, yeah. So, that's the story. That's the characters. I love the movie. I give it a 90 out of 100. I really think that if you like the first one, you'll love this one. And if you wanted more world building, this is perfect for you. If that didn't, if that didn't float your boat and you just want more action, this still has it, uh, just not quite as high octane and shots fired per minute as John Wick One does. But it is still, I still think you'll have a great time watching it. Uh, we're, I'm gonna move into spoilers after the cut. Thank you for listening. If you do not want to hear the spoilers, uh, you may you can find me at circleoffilm.com or send an email to circleoffilm at gmail.com. Send me anything you want, comments, concerns, questions, answers, whatever you'd like. Thanks for listening, and have a week. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring And look what you're ignoring The subway shootout between Common and Keanu Reeves Oh my gosh I came close to orgasming in the theater I, I don't say that lightly They both have guns They're both equipped with silencers Common's up on a balcony Second floor Reeves is down at the bottom. They're both wearing black. The fucking building is all white. And Common is walking back and... Like, they're both walking. There's pillars passing between them. There's... sit. There's, like, crazy a crazy number of... Unsuspecting citizens walking through, around, upside down, behind them constantly. And here these guys are just firing off little darts at each other from, like... I don't know, 20 yards away. Like, oh my gosh, it's a brilliant scene. It's so perfect. I was on the edge of my seat. I thought it was a fantastic scene. Truly, truly incredible. Man, uh, that scene, unbelievable. The catacombs, also great. You know, whereas the second, the first film kind of peaks in the middle as far as the action goes, I think the second film does a better job of kind of leveling that out. You know, you've got the finale, which takes place in a museum, uh, which I liked, and then the mirror sequence, which I thought was fine. Uh, it's interesting, but I didn't. I preferred. I really liked the. Uh, the part where, like, you had the mirror room that they were running through and, like, the mirror doors would close sporadically, forcing you to stop and wait, and then you wouldn't know what was on the other side. I liked that aspect of it more than 
kind of the swivelly mirrors that take place later. I, I thought, I, I wish that would have been a little, mm, I don't know, it, it did kind of get a little fun housey toward the end. And then he shoots the guy in the head on continental soil. He's been trying to not have to do that. We've seen him already, you know, break bread with Common while they were in the middle of a fight because they were on continental soil. They kissed and made up. But this fucking guy, this fucking Santino D'Antonio, who has his marker, and he satisfied the marker, but now Santino wants him dead because... He knows too much and he takes refuge in the Continental. Wick walks in. They stare at each other. A couple words are exchanged, all mostly from Santino. And he just fucking pops him. Just right in the middle of the head, right in the forehead. He's out. He's done. Game over. And Ian McShane watches the whole thing. He's standing right next to him and he's like, I, I can't help you. And so Wick's excommunicated from the Continental. He can't use his coins for anything. And all Ian McShane can do for him is give him like a 30-minute head start before every single assassin in the world is coming after him. Fucking brilliant. I cannot wait for the next movie. That is a, an, an incredible plot, an incredible premise, it's going to be so fun, so exciting, and, oh man, just, there's so many. Uh, I don't know, I, I, there's not too much spoilers to really touch on, you know, just more action scenes that I, I loved, more kind of excitingness, uh, but ultimately, you know, you just got to go watch it, man, you just got to go see it for yourself. Uh, I, I think, you know, they did a really interesting thing where, like, in the first movie they had subtitles because Nyquist and his ma and, like, the members of his ma were all talking Russian. Whereas in Chapter 2, they had subtitles for Ruby Rose's character because she's deaf and she's using sign language, which John Wick also knows. So he not only knows English and Russian, but he also knows American Sign Language. Which, and it was kind of not American Sign Language because they were just making, they were kind of like shorthanding everything in a sense is what I felt like. But I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, it's whatever. It's not real life. It's an alternate reality and I'm okay with that. I want more from this world. I love that they've dove deeper and deeper. I don't want them to ever stop sinking into this world. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. You know. Yeah, I think that like the dead death scene for uh, D'Antonio's sister was like meh, but it led into the catacombs, which I thought were fantastic. And I, I wish I would have liked to see a little bit more fight come out of Ruby Rose. I would have liked to see her get the best of John Wick once, even if it wasn't for good. But. He can't. Nobody can beat him. He's too fucking good, man. He's so good at this shit. Excuse me. Sorry. It's late. Wow. Um, so, yeah. John Wick Chapter 2. 
uh, with a 90 out of 100, uh, it takes over from Lego Batman as the top movie of the year for me. And I'm, you know, this seems to happen every year. There's some movie that comes out in like February that pretty much rides the whole year in the top 10. You know, last year it was Zootopia. Um, what was it the year before that? In the year before that, it was maybe nothing. Because, uh, like, Inside Out came out in June. That one was high. Mad Max Fury Road came out around that time as well. Uh, Shaun the Sheep movie came out in June. I actually saw that before I saw Inside Out. Cinderella. Cinderella was quite good. It's not John Wick Chapter 2, but it was quite good. Ugh. Okay. Well, I guess I guess 2015 wasn't exactly the same. Uh, 2014? Nope. 2014 had Grand Budapest Hotel in May. That one was very, very good. With Edge of Tomorrow, 22 Jump Street, How to Train Dragon 2 in June. So, anyway, John Wick Chapter 2, super good, high octane, great action, great world building. Go see it, you'll love it. Out. Have a week, circle of film, done. So long, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.